Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to your week ahead with Mama Dada Astrology. Live right here on the My Astrology Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the best time of your week ahead of time. What happened at the New Orleans? Bitch, I'm back. I'm popular as a man. Y'all haters corny with that Illuminati mess. Paparazzi catch my fly and my cocky fresh. I'm so reckless when I rock my Givenchy dress. I'm so possessive, so I rock his rock necklaces. My daddy Alabama, mama Louisiana. You mix that Negro with that Creole, make a Texas Bama. In my bag, swag. Oh yeah, baby. Oh yeah, I. Ooh. All right, all right. Peace, peace. Welcome. I tried a new method today to do my uh, test to see if I can be heard. So now I don't have to get on the air and ask it. I already know. Peace, welcome. We are live. We are in full effect. It is. Solar eclipse, new moon, and Pisces season, as well as it's the March 2016 eclipse season that includes the solar eclipse, new moon, in Pisces, and it also includes the lunar eclipse, full moon, in Libra, which we'll be talking about in next week's Your Week Ahead. Um, for today, the main highlight is definitely going to be that spring or vernal equinox. And so I want to hip y'all to that so everybody can be ready. Um, the, the key thing about the spring equinox is the best way to have prepared for the spring equinox to have been preparing during the winter solstice. If you go back show after show after show, I put in the episode description observations of the winter solstice. I put that image up in the slideshow ever since the inception of the winter solstice back in mid uh late December um of twenty fifteen. So it's definitely been on my mind. It's definitely been in my um psyche and awareness that we are preparing for spring. We are preparing to break forth the spring forth once again um in this new cycle, new zodiac season um and cycle. So we're here. I'm so thankful, y'all, to be here <laughs> against all odds. It's not even funny. So uh, we are here, and we're thankful to the, our divine righteous ancestors, Ashe and Amin-Ra, and we are so divinely thankful for Brother Ampu, his continued influence and encouragement and support, um, the, the, the entire MAC team. Uh, just, It's an amazing time to be a part of a powerful network such as my Astrology Coach Network. I could not have made a better decision a few years ago now to join such a powerful group of people who are forward-thinking, forward-looking, who are powerful all in their own rights, 
and who are and what one of the key things about everybody on the Mac team that makes us so powerful is that we care about people for real. It's not about lining our pockets. It's not about getting that bank up. That's happening. We're that's happening anyway. But that's not the point. That's not the focus. The focus is ourselves first and making sure that we are not talking about anything that we're not living and and, and others um, beyond that because what good is it if it's helping us, if it's, if it's putting us in a position to master our destiny, if we're not reaching um, to our left and to our right behind us and pulling people al- or I wouldn't say pulling people along because when it comes to mama's babies that's mastering their destiny, you know, we are walking side by side. We're in this together. Shout out to mama's babies. Woo, woo. That's, that's what I call my clients for the new listeners. I call them mama's babies. I consider my faithful listeners mama's babies also, even if you have not purchased a service um, through me. Um, it is my divine pleasure to be of service in this day and time. I wouldn't rather be doing anything else. I am living my dream. So um, I'm just here to really assist those in this day and time that want to do the exact same thing, um, live the life of their dreams with no making no apologies and, um, you know, fucking with some real people <laughs> in this day and time that's not – so caught up in the matrix, right? Well, I'm going to go ahead and get started. There's much to cover. I just wanted to shout out Mama's Babies. Oh, yeah, one more shout out to uh, <clears throat> Hadassah, to Shy Air, and to Stacy, last week's callers. Listen, I am not trying to be funny. I love all y'all. It hit eclipse season. Eclipse season 2015 in September was like this. It got really, really busy, and I should have anticipated that, but I didn't. And so, well, I did, but not to the degree that I have been so busy here this time around. Um, so I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I, I want to reach out to you guys. Let me, let me tell this to the, you know, newer listeners. Um, the best way to contact me. If you go to the episode information, there is a link, a one-click link to access and email me, Mama Dada, right? And so that's the best way when people are, even if you're not ordering a service, that's the best way to, hey, I got a beautiful email this week from a dear sister and listener um, who just wanted to really appreciate me just with her words of encouragement. She see, you know, someone who has been listening, you know, faithfully sees what's um, been transpiring, all the wonderful things and the way that, that um, your week ahead has just been morphing into this entity of its own. And so I appreciate those. Those are those are astro love gifts to me as well, even if you don't click the link for the astro love gifts click the link to um, email me and drop, just drop me a line. I appreciate it for somebody who's doing something so cutting edge and forward, you know, future forward. Um, <laughs> one thing I have not necessarily gotten up until this point has been a lot of encouragement. Um, more so I've seemed to have gotten a lot of criticism and people telling me that that's stupid and get a real job, you know, so... Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate 
you guys appreciating me. It makes a difference. It means a lot for everything that I'm going through just to make sure that I can broadcast to you guys live every week for free for two hours, preparing you for your week ahead. A note like that is is all the appreciation. Uh, that's 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 a lot to me. That means a lot. I've been going through this eclipse season with y'all too, so um, you know we're in this together. We're in this together, truly. Uh, I think that's it. The March twenty sixth eclipse packages are still available. You can check that link out in the episode info as well. Those have been flying off the shelves, so to speak. Um, that is why uh, for Hadassah, Shair, and um, Stacey, that is why I haven't been able to get back with you guys. Um, you got Contacting me on the air isn't necessarily the best way to contact me. Email me for Mama's Babies. Y'all, y'all even have my phone number. So, you know, for those who really um, want to reach out in a concrete way, the best, those are the best ways, okay? If you get, if you get me on the air, it's basically to shout shout out, you know, get online, talk about some of these alignments and to um and to, you know, uh Dewana called a few weeks ago and and shouted me out on air and, and raved about um the monthly transit service. That's been going wonderfully well. So between the monthly service, the prices did go up on the monthly service by the way. Um it it was already at a steal and it still is. Um, but it did go up. So reach out to me, Eclipse Packages on deck. All right, y'all, we're going to jump in. I want to jump into the week ahead, but this this solar new moon eclipse in Pisces, it was so, I, I, I don't want to say it was, because that implies that the influence is gone. The influence will be around for the next six months. <laughs> But the exactness of the alignment and the potency of the energy, I can personally say, was felt well before the 8th um, yesterday when it was exact, right? And then some of the alignments that I spoke on last week surrounding the alignment, such as Sun Square Saturn that happened on the 6th, Sun Sextile Pluto that happened on the 6th, Sun Opposed Jupiter, that happened on the 8th as well, uh, right before the solar eclipse. These were pivotal. You can go back and listen. I am going to recap just a bit on it because I want y'all to see, observe. That's why I put observations. I want y'all to begin to observe these energies in motion, right? Emotions, energy in motion. Anybody been feeling a little sun square Saturn-y? Let's see. Um, I, I mentioned last week, you know, the test, the test and the challenges being presented to us. Anybody been feeling like they've been presented with a few tests and challenges, a little, um, which which could lead to pessimism and depression. That's the Saturn influence. That's the square. Feeling restricted, weighed down by certain duties and responsibilities. Feeling like your character, your very character, is being tested. Right. Striving to meet your responsibilities now to make sure they don't catch up with you in a bigger way down the track. This sun square Saturn energy that is surround you have to read think, when they happen so close and and for the for a sun um, alignment 
happening within two days of this eclipse is is still close and it still is counted, right? And so over the course of the next six months, as situations that are reminiscent to this energy come up, this is why the imprint of Sun Square Saturn is on our next six months. So when I said last week that you shouldn't expect to feel light or in a happy mood necessarily because this is a time of coming under pressure through certain time limits or other important duties at home, school, or work, you know, this is what I meant. This is what I mean. I've been uh, uh, consulting with y'all, so I know I'm not the only one been going through it, feeling it, Um, but it really, really does help me. Uh, from the feedback I've been getting, it really has been helping mama's babies uh, to know about this stuff in advance. And the weekly consults just make it even better because you're getting it in advance, but then leading up, you know, throughout the month, every week, you're getting the check-in. Uh, you got somebody like me, your personal astrologer, who's checking on, who's keeping you up to date. I'm keeping, I, I love, the the beautiful thing about my being a mama's baby, right, is that I am always wanting to provide more by the way of my service than I am receiving by the way of your astro love gift, right? And so I'm cooking up something right now. I already sent mama's babies. Everybody um, who's already on board with me should have received your solar new moon eclipse and Pisces special document, right? I'm going to give you all another document here in a couple of weeks for the lunar eclipse, uh, the lunar full moon eclipse. And um, I'm thinking about doing something for this spring equinox that's coming. I just think I just think it's a nice gesture. You know, y'all rocking with me, y'all fooling with me, I'm fooling with y'all. That's how I do. That's how I treat those that I fool with, right? So we in this together. So that was the sun square Saturn imprinted on all all of our six months out, our next six months till the next set of eclipses in September. <coughs> now, right after that sun square Pluto, we had sun um, sun square Saturn. We had sun sextile Pluto. Did anybody um, you know feel a uh, sense any of those energies? The increased need to succeed, um, feeling more determined and purposeful than usual to achieve your goals. It's so beautiful that it came after or along with a sun square Saturn alignment because if you are going to feel these tests and challenges and pressures, um, why not let them work for you? So any what sun sextile Pluto has been allowing us to do uh, is harness any obsessive or compulsive tendencies that all these tests and challenges have been, you know, bringing to the surface. Um, obsessive or compulsive, right? When we get when we go through tests and challenges, a lot of times we're on this cycle. When these tests come up, when the challenges come up, we go to our default, our fallback things that we do to deal with it, right? And so, what Sun Sextile Pluto is allowing for now and over the next six months is to harness that energy to get something done. Being obsessive or compulsive—that's a lot of energy. You gotta—you're utilizing a lot of energy to obsess over something or someone, right? You're using a lot of energy to be compulsive. Uh, a lot of times they're referred to as disorders, um, but that takes a lot of energy to uh, 
I don't know if y'all have ever seen it, like the shows and stuff where they show the people who have to touch the doorknob 35 times before they open it. That's a lot of energy to be compulsive, right? And so Sun Sextile Pluto is saying, look, that's power right there. That's power. What you're looking at as a disorder is some power. And a, 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 an alignment like Sun Sextile Pluto is saying, you can harness that and get something difficult done with all that persistent, obsessive, compulsive energy. So anything that has broken down, be it your room that done got out of control or a habit that, that you know, is rearing its ugly head again, um, anything that is no longer of use in our lives, uh, this is giving us access to some powerful, powerful energy to uh, utilize it for our, a more higher good, right? Okay. So Sun Sextile Pluto also is increasing our level of attractiveness. So it's a lot of power going on here. The key thing with Sun Sextile Pluto is don't abuse it, right? Don't abuse it. It will work in your benefit so long as you don't abuse it. If you do misuse the power that Sun Sextile Pluto is allowing us all this beautiful opportunity to have access to, um, it will, it would result in self-destruction. Um, next time a, a challenging Pluto aspect is experienced, okay? So use your power to help others, especially when it comes to groups of people, um, and you, you'll find that you actually gain benefits that way. It ends up benefiting you anyway. So a lot of people want to use their power. When you talk about Pluto, it can get real iffy, you know? It can get real psychological and manipulative, right? That's the low end of Pluto, and you just don't want to mess around with it on the lower vibration of jealousy and possessiveness and all that stuff. Use your power for, we're going to put it in quotes, for good instead of evil, right? So um, we're going we're gonna to want to solve something like a mystery, right? Pluto's the deep, the dark, the secrets, right? These, these are some ways you can utilize this energy more for your benefit. Any any problem you need to solve, right? We got access to some energy that can help us do it. If you want to learn about occult subjects or the deep mysteries of life in any way, spirituality, metaphysically, this is great energy over the next six months to do that and um, studying yourself and others from a psychological perspective, Okay. So that was that influence on the solar new moon eclipse. Um, and then, of course, it was in Pisces. It was sun and the moon conjunct in Pisces. And so that also is an influence that's going to color a lot of situations for us um, over the next six months. Um, so you know, like I had been saying about Pisces season, it's not, it, it's not, it hasn't been the season to pin anything down, Right. So we, we've been delving more into meditation. We've been delving more into um, create, being creative, right? We've been delving more into simply being, uh, more into music, um, uh, uh, messages, soul, just soul, soul messages, uh, you know, the, hit, the, the meaning behind symbols and music and messages such as that, right? art, dance, film, photography, theater, um, uh, more body language as opposed to actual words, right? Because 
it's not the environment for pinning things down by way of, or sometimes you just can't put it into words, right? What do you do then when you can't put it into words? Well, hey, that's what Pisces is for because it is the 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 things that words can't describe and say. That's why it represents the unconditional love. That's why it represents the imagination. That's why it represents the divinity and the high forms of spirituality, right? And so that, again, is going to continue to play out as a theme for us. Um, Also, forgiveness is covered when we're talking about Pisces energy, transcending, rising above, okay, and deeply listening. Um, Sun opposite Jupiter was another player in this um, solar eclipse, and so it must be considered and and it may it, on this end of it now that we're not looking at it ahead and we're kind of looking at it in retrospect it may ring a little bit more familiar to you and resonate with you a little bit more because you you've been living through it. <coughs> Sun opposite Jupiter, I know this one was a dude. This one stuck out to me. Okay, um, maybe because it was the opposition and it just I don't know, but. Uh, the reward and the punishment of it. Uh, <clears throat> Jupiter wants to expand, right? And sometimes the expansion, especially when you're talking about an opposition and the potential for it to be a tug of war instead of the perfect balance, means that you can go too far, right? So, so some of us have seen the loss of our ego, the, the loss of the ego we've cherished and held on to so dearly. Um, as a punishment for previous acts of greed, um, which left others without. We've, we've been, I had to look, I had to really look at that for myself. I was like, you know, your, your first mom wants to say, well, I haven't done that. I haven't acted in greed, which left others without. And then I had to think about it. Like, this is not just talking about money. This is talking about investments of emotions and energy. And I've done that shit. <laughs> and I'm, I have felt the punishment, so to speak, um, uh, that this alignment has brought along that has forced us, that is forcing all of us to examine our own behavior and our motives. And it, it's been giving us that opportunity that we need for personal and spiritual growth, right? A lot of times we're not going to grow personally and spiritually on our own recognizance, and an alignment like this comes around, especially at the time of an eclipse, so we get to kind of really familiarize ourselves with this energy over the next six months. And it really puts that spotlight on our need for personal and spiritual growth. If you didn't think you needed to grow personally and spiritually, try it now. <laughs> so um, as much as the, the energy was is has been there and will continue to be there here for the next six months for punishment, um, the energy is here for reward with this alignment as well for previous good deeds or services to others, leading to an increase in self-confidence, right? And so... <laughs> that's the higher end of it, and I've been experiencing that end of it as well. So I imagine we all have been, uh, you know, dealing with some a little bit, a few rewards and a little bit of punishment to kind of uh, <clears throat> help us in our self-control, <laughs> not to be greedy, not to be boastful, or to watch for it anyway. It's kind of hard just to be like, don't be greedy, don't be boastful. But when alignments like this come along and certain stuff comes to the surface to be dealt with, you clearly see where being greedy and boastful can get you in trouble. And a little bit of self-control 
and reining it in a little bit when we're talking about Jupiter. I know it can be hard. Jupiter want to go, 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 want to expand, 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 grow, 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 advance, advance, go higher and higher. And sometimes, you know, here's the sun um, in Pisces wanting to balance all that out with Jupiter and Virgo. Um, so, yeah, that's when I was mentioning last week about any potential loss and embarrassment and lowering of your self-esteem resulting from letting any good fortune go to your head, okay? Be thankful for your good fortune. Um, temper it with some humility for best results. So um, then the eclipse came. Uh, I did not get to finish by far going into the horoscope for the solar eclipse, solar new moon eclipse in Pisces, um, just because I'm feeling all, you know, eclipsy generous. <laughs> um, if you go to the episode information for this show and click on the one-click email access to Mama Dada and request it, I will send you your your horoscope. It won't be a personal report like I'm sending the people who are ordering the packages. Um, but I will send you your horoscopes. I do have them here. Um, <coughs> they're pretty lengthy. That's why I say I'll just email them to y'all. It's no problem. Um, but I don't want to take up show time to do it. We ran out of time last week, and I really don't want to go back into it again this week. Clearly, these horoscopes are still going to be valid and in play for the next six months. That's why I say just go ahead and hit me up. I will send them to you. No big deal. Um Mm-mm-mm. It's just it, I'm just amazed and in awe always by these alignments and and the fact and the fact that not only are they occurring somewhere out there in space in the sky you know but they really really are occurring in us. Anybody else been uh, experiencing things potentially being eclipsed out of your life? That's what this time is about. It's already been Pisces season. That's ending, things winding down, the end of a solar cycle, you know. We're literally in that um, in that time right now. It's uh, The moon's in Pisces right now. Uh, it, it, it might be void. Hold on, let me double check that it's not void. Yeah, it's void, y'all. Since Last night, 7.54 p.m., the moon went void in Pisces, of course, and it will enter. Um, it entered Aries this afternoon. So the moon is officially in Aries right now. We ended a lunar cycle, and we're at the very beginning of a new one, okay? And so y'all will have noticed with that, or will be noticing here on over the next um, day or two, a couple of days, uh, that our instinctual reactions are speeding up, um, edgy, punchy mood. You know, I always what do I always say about Aries? Oh, they don't need no introduction. <laughs> so we're going to be ready, Freddie, right now um, and for the next couple of days ready to start something. For all those that did not want to initiate uh, anything before the solar eclipse new moon, um, hold on, let me make sure. I don't know why you wouldn't have, though. But still, with the moon being in Aries, it's still a really good energy to start something new, to initiate something. So, I mean, go for it. I'm going to say go for it. If you're still in that mode 
of initiating. You're still good. Here in a couple of weeks with the full moon, lunar eclipse, and Libra, yes, on the short term, we're going to be able to see things that we initiated now at the new moon culminating for us in a couple of weeks on the short term. In the On the long term, we'll see in six months when the new eclipse cycle begins and we have the full moon in Pisces, we're going to be able to see things on the longer term culminating for us around that time, okay? And so, yeah, moon in Aries, spark of momentum. It feels like spring. That's why I said I called the show <laughs> you know, talking about the spring and, 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 and growing because it really it just has that energy on it. If you're feeling it now, you're feeling it from an emotional standpoint, um, just feeling it in general, uh, it's, the, it's the moon being in Aries that's giving you that. And additionally, you know, spring is upon us. We're, less, we're a week away from the spring equinox, okay? So... never too late to start something new, okay? If you've been waiting on an opportunity and you missed the um, alignment for the solar new moon eclipse, the moon's in Aries. Just do it. Um, with the moon being in Aries, it's ruled by Mars. That's a really physical a planet that represents something physical, the mo- the, the most physical. Um, then just do it. Move, move, move your body. Um, Anything with a physical component is going to satisfy us. It's going to make us feel right at home and comfortable um, here over the next couple of days. It supports you if you need to be dynamic. It's a really good time for an interview or a first date um, here over the next couple of days. Start that project. Sell that idea, okay? Quick, short activities are favored as opposed to something that's going to take you a long time to do. Keep that in mind, okay? Okay. there's an impulsive kind of nature to Aries, right? Um, so it's just ready to go. If there's something you've been waiting to pull the trigger on, um, it this is it. Dream big, right? Okay, and then Friday of this week, we have the Mercury-Neptune alignment, which is interesting. It's in Pisces, of course. Neptune is still there at 9 degrees, and Mercury is joining it. And so... <coughs> Uh, here's even more kind of uh, Piscean initiation energy um, influencing us. We had weeks ago where we talked about the sun entering Pisces. Um, It's wrapping that up, about to go into Aries next week. And I told y'all, you know, Mercury is going to be coming after, Venus coming after that to join up in the Piscean water party. (laughs) And so here is Mercury finally lining up with Neptune this Friday, the 11th at 12.01 a.m. Central Standard Time. And so Mercury ruling, thinking, processes, communication, travel on top of dreamy, imaginative Neptune in its home in Pisces means that we're going to be thinking and communicating more on spiritual topics, the occult and secrets, right? And so um, even artistically, it would be a really good time to take up an artistic um, study because our minds are there. You know, it'll be it'll be good if you wanted to initiate it around this time. We have access to enhanced imagination and creativity, valuable insights gained through meditation, dreaming, and practicing occult fields like astrology and, and tarot. So... Um, 
clearly um, some secret things. You know, Pisces is kind of, uh, that 12th house is kind of considered hidden for the most part. And so um, just be on the lookout for indulging in some secret affair or, you know, something hidden on the lower aspects uh, or the lower vibration of this energy, okay? You want to definitely... Um, consider the importance of maintaining a high level of moral standards, okay, in order to avoid, unless you just want to be involved in some scandal or slander, then keep it, you know, uh, keep the vibrations high with this energy for sure. Um, (coughs) Definitely on the high end, we can have access to some really accurate psychic perceptions, okay? It's the rational, logical mind meeting up with this planet that represents imagination and and, and the boundarylessness of spirituality. And so, um, yeah, we can definitely process uh, more mentally spiritual information at a time like this. Um, On the low end, again, I just want y'all to watch out for it. I'm mentioning it because I want y'all to be able to recognize it. Um, but a negative, ex- another negative expression of this transit could be um, thoughts and words that are twisted by Neptunian energies like misconception, irrationality, confusion, fear, or paranoia, right? Because all of that results in just deceit, treachery, lies, poison, and all kind of underhanded tactics. And we... Like I said, unless that's just your thing, just be aware. Um, just take it higher, okay? Um, Friday afternoon, 12.24 p.m., we've got uh, the moon sextiling Venus throwing us into void, of course, status just for one hour and 20 minutes, y'all. You won't even um, won't even notice that more than likely it's going to go by so fast. Um, but from 12.24 to 1.44 p.m. Central Standard on this Friday, the 11th. You know, it's a one-and-a-half-hour time frame. For that one-and-a-half hours, make sure you're not having, like, this really important interview or a first date, you know, stuff like that. shouldn't be a big deal. It's Friday afternoon. Uh, The moon does enter Taurus that afternoon, 1.45 p.m. Um, Of course, Taurus is the second zodiac sign. It's a fixed sign, and it's an earth sign. And so um, we're going to be emotionally contented and satisfied um, when we're being serene, when we're feeling secure, peaceful, and comfort, okay? Um, The moon is really sensual and feely in Taurus, okay? So this is that energy where it's, you know, great to get a massage or give a massage, um, but our, our our initial impulses while this moon is uh, active is going to be to relax, to resist change. Hmm, that's interesting because it's a fixed sign. But it wants to be comfortable. It is a fixed sign, but it wants to be fixed in comfort, Okay. Um, it's the energy where you, we're going to want to stop and smell the roses. Life slows down just a little bit from having the moon having been in Aries and all impulsive and ripped to go. Um, so 
we're going to feel really comfortable. Um, we could be, because it is a fit, could be emotionally satisfied to be stubborn and materialistic um, under the influence of Taurus. Um, so activities that generally tend to be favored under a moon in Taurus is going to be any actions that are substantial and material that yield solid results. Taurus is an earth sign. It wants to manifest just like the other two, Capricorn and Virgo. Uh, Taurus want to manifest something peaceful and comfortable, right? Um, any financial activities, personal finances are going to be um, governed under Taurus, that second house, okay? Um, anything involving your personal possessions, um, applying for a loan, a lot of these financial activities like applying for a loan, um, it is a fixed energy, so if you want to begin a potentially long-term relationship, uh, this Friday is ideal for that. Um, Taurus is also ruled by Venus, the planet representing um, love and money and what we value. So once again, uh, music, that's Venusian, um, and decorating home decor, okay? The moon is actually exhausted in Taurus, so it fits really easy there. The mood is really calm and mellow, you can just walk barefooted in the, you know, sun under this influence. But once again, like I said, it's sensual and feely. So this is what we're going into this coming up weekend um, under, okay? Uh, baking, cooking, singing, dancing, gardening, um, building structures, considering steps of a plan, Um Aromatherapy, experimenting with stretching, especially the neck, Taurus rules that area. Um, so, yeah, Venus um, this Saturday, the 12th, at 424 a.m. Central Standard Time, is finally coming up out of Aquarius and going into Pisces, okay? So, Venus is entering the Dreamy Piscean waters joining um, Mercury and Nep uh, and Neptune. So uh, I will run through the horoscopes on this for you guys' convenience. And right after that, uh, the sun uh, on Sunday, the 13th, 2 a.m. Central Standard Time, uh, we will be springing forward, setting our clocks forward one hour, okay? Um, sunrise and sunset is going to be an hour later than the day before on the 12th. And so there will be more light in the evening um, all the way up until November the 6th. We're going to every day we're getting more. Uh, I looked up the info on it, and we're starting out at spring equinox with like 11 hours and some minutes worth of daylight. And the closer we get, I think we maxed out at like, somewhere between 13 and 14 hours of daylight when it's all said and done. <coughs> and so, um, y'all excuse me, I have a little residual um, cough, but I am definitely feeling tons better. I can sit up and <laughs> everything. <laughs> so, all right, Venus and Pisces horoscopes. Of course, I'm going to tell you the Pisces horoscope first since that's where Venus is entering. And that means for Pisces, all of Mama's, Pisces babies, this a lot, this um, ingression is what it's called of Venus into Pisces is happening in your first house. 
you are getting this Venusian influence of beauty and harmony and love and money all up on your first house, which is your very appearance, okay, how you come across to others and your immediate surroundings. And what that means, horoscopes um, are from Dark Pixie Astrology. Um, Pisces, you can be more charming, <clears throat> sensual. This is the influence that Venus is having on you since it's going through your first house, Pisces. You can be more charming, sensual, attractive, and want more romance in your life. If you're in a relationship, you want your partner to wine and dine you and treat you well. If you're single, you can find it easier to attract new people to you and you enjoy the attention that you get, likely because if if you're not partnered, and and this you're influ- you're um, you know initiating those influences on your own self, whining and dining your own self, treating your own self well, that will be evident and attract others for sure. Okay. Um, of course, if it's happening to Pisces, if it's happening to Pisces in the first house, all the other mutable signs are being affected and impacted in really significant areas of their life as well. For Virgo, that's your partnerships, right? Partnerships of any kind are going to be feeling the Venusian effects. So for Virgo, mama's Virgo babies, you can enjoy the time you spend with your partner and strengthen your bonds if you're attached. If you're single, you're only interested in something serious and lasting here over the course of the next month or so while Venus is in uh, Pisces. Um, And you're going to want someone who will be loyal to you. You can enjoy your time spent with the people in your life, and you may want to spend more time with others, especially in one-on-one scenarios. You can focus on improving your relationships, wanting to make sure you have a true commitment in all of them, in love, you can take commitment more seriously, and if in a relationship, you may want to be around your partner more during this time, okay, Virgo, and bring some romance into the mix. If you are single, you want someone who you see as an equal and who will treat you with respect. For my Geminis, it's your life direction, your purpose in life, your goals, your career, um, your your paternal parent, potentially, father, right? So for my Geminis, Venus going into Pisces is impacting your 10th house. That means here over the course of the next month or so, you're going to be able to take your responsibilities in your relationships more seriously. It's that Saturnian influence of the 10th house Gemini, right? So you're getting serious about things that are relating to love and money, okay? Um, You have plenty of focus on this area of life. You can enjoy striving to achieve and succeed in your life, and you want to feel like you're headed in the right direction, Gemini. Tenth house is that life direction, where you're headed. And you can get help along the way from influential people who steer you down the right path. Pay attention to authority figures, Gemini. That's tenth house also bosses, authority figures, um, supervisors, right? Venus is in that area, and so you may um, uh, see benefits from these types of people in your life. Your elders and mentors can be especially helpful to you. Um, In love, you can be more practical and traditional, and if you're in a relationship, you can take on more responsibilities 
It is 10th house we're talking about here. Um, though you may not be seen as open emotionally, okay? It is pre- a pretty serious energy, the 10th house. Um, if you're single, Gemini, you may be attracted to someone older or of status with authority or who you look up to, okay? Sagittarius. Um, the, the very important area of life that Venus going into Pisces is triggering or going through, passing through for you is that fourth house, that all-important fourth house, which is opposite the tenth house where it's happening for Gemini, um, that governs home, family, ancestry, residence, property, real estate, the maternal parent, like the mother, okay? And so Venus here for you, Sagittarius, makes a mental mental connection important in the first part of the month and an emotional connection important for you during the second second half. And it's that emotional one that you need to pay attention to uh, all the more Sagittarius. You want to be able to talk to each other and understand another, okay? You can enjoy being around the people you know the best, the ones you're already comfortable with, Sagittarius, and in the places that you're most familiar, that are most familiar to you. You'd like to be comfortable and feel supported by your loved ones, and it helps you to feel calmer emotionally to have that comfort and familiarity of home and family. Um, In love, you want an emotional connection, and if you're in a relationship, you can be supportive, nurturing, and work on a heartfelt connection with your partner. If you're single, you can strive to find someone who understands you emotionally. Um, Usually when I do the horoscopes, I say, okay, listen out for your sun, moon, and rising sign, right? Since this is Venus we're talking about here, I admonish you (coughs) to listen out for your Venus sign. If you don't know what your Venus sign is, click on the link in the episode information to email me, email access to Mama Dada, and I will help you determine that information. I won't charge you. (laughs) I will help you determine that information. That's really important when you're looking at Venus ingressions into new signs. It's going to affect that love and that money, so why not listen out for the sign of your Venus, right? Okay, moving on, Aries, you're experiencing this from the position of the 12th house because Pisces is right behind you. So you can be quieter in love, actually, okay, and keep your affections to yourself while Venus is in Pisces um, because it's going to be coming to you next, right? And so before it's it's the calm before the storm of Venus being in your house, that you're experiencing Venus and Pisces from here over the next um, about month, okay? So you're going to be a little more shy with your feelings, mama's Aries babies, and you don't want to show anything in public. You can enjoy the time you spend alone and away from demanding people, projects, or decisions. Your creative side can be stimulated, and you may be drawn to the arts. You get 12th house is that Piscean house, and so imagination's there, but then art is there as well. Um, you can be in tune with your intuition and soul, dear Pisces, and focus on your spiritual self. In love, you can be affectionate behind closed doors or keep your feelings to yourself for now. If you're single, this can be a time of daydreaming, or I'm sorry, 
I apologize, of daydreaming about a fantasy but not doing anything about it just yet. You're going to, Aries, you're going to, don't worry. I know y'all, I just got through talking about the moon being in Aries, and I know y'all stay ripped to go, but you're dealing with Venus from this 12th house position right now, so it's not going to be in your 12th house forever. When it moves into your first house here next, you'll be able to go, um, but don't feel like you have to do anything about what you're dreaming about and imagining and the spiritual impressions and intuitive hits you're getting just yet, okay? And if you're in a relationship, Aries, you can be willing to make sacrifices for your partner that you normally wouldn't. Uh, make sure that they're worth it, though, first. 12th house, Pisces, Neptune is that energy of unconditional love. It is that energy of complete and total selflessness, okay? So make sure the person is worth it, Aries. Cancer, you are experiencing Venus um, transiting Pisces by way of your ninth house, your Sagittarius house, okay, Cancer? So you can definitely enjoy having new adventures, oh, so saggy, being bold and daring and exploring new places, okay, Cancer? You may want to break outside of the fences around your life. uh, Sagittarius is the adventurer, you know, pioneer for freedom and truth. So um, uh, break outside of the fences around your life and see what the world has for you to explore, okay? Long-distance journeys governs ninth house in Sagittarius. Um, You can enjoy expanding your mind through learning and expanding your life through new experiences and opportunities. This is a really good energy cancer if you're a writer or a speaker, and you can feel more creative. I actually know a Cancer who would fit in that category, so that's wonderful. I have to let her know. (laughs) Uh, In love, you may want more space, okay, Cancer, which doesn't sound really Cancerish. You know, Cancer rules um, that fourth house that I was just talking to Sagittarius about, and so it kind of wants to, you know, be homey and close and all that stuff. But with this ninth house energy upon you um, for Venus, you may actually appreciate more than you ever thought you could, Cancer, um, (coughs) more space, okay? So if you're in a relationship, Cancer, you definitely can find yourself here over the next about 30 days um, being less clingy, but definitely more passionate. Sag is a fire sign after all. So if you're single, Cancer, you can be attracted to someone who can teach you, okay, the guru, or um, who you can teach. And uh, you uh, could be inclined to try to keep things casual for now, okay? Libra, Libra, you know about Venus. Venus rules Libra, okay? And it's going through Pisces in through your sixth. So you're going to be experiencing Venus going through Pisces by way of work, daily work, your daily routines, and your health, okay? Um, Venus is going to make you more charming and attractive during the first half of the month, but here, uh, but uh, practical in love during the second half. So this is going to be a real excellent month, Libra, for work, Okay, you can focus on the little things. Sixth house is really detail-oriented. So Libra may be the one, you know, just 
thinking of the little things, and that's just really floating somebody's boat. You know, use it to your advantage, Libra. You heard it here first. (laughs) Um, uh, You definitely want to make lists, Libra, and get organized, and you can enjoy being productive and efficient, okay? Venus not only rules love, it also rules that money, so get it, Libra. Um, the eclipse can actually bring new work opportunities to you, okay? And you can take advantage of all of the work opportunities that you have. If you feel inclined, Libra, you can even take the reins for yourself instead of relying on someone else. Um, you're, um, yeah. Uh, your ruler joins Mercury in Pisces, Libra, and Uh, You can also enjoy having a solid routine. You can benefit from having some structure and order in your life, and you can work on enjoying. The Venus is bringing that enjoyment and the pleasure of it. So you uh, you can work on enjoying the work you do on a daily basis more. This can be a good time for creative work, dear Libra, especially writing in love. You can focus on the little things, and if in a relationship, you can pay close attention to your partner. They're going to love it. Um, you may not be terribly romantic, um, but the close attention could read that way if you want to work it in your favor. Um, if you're single, Libra, you may want someone who notices everything about you and is practical during this time. Capricorn, you are experiencing Venus um, in Pisces through your third house. Um, it's a Mercury-ruled house, Gemini-ruled, so mental is going to come into play. You're definitely going to want to ensure you have a strong mental connection with your partner, Capricorn. If you're single, you want someone who can stimulate your mind and keep your interests peaked. You can enjoy pursuing projects and ventures that stimulate your mind, and you can express yourself more easily, Okay. You can um, you try to choose your words well, and people can respond favorably to you. In love, you want a mental connection. And um, if you're in a relationship, Capricorn, you can work on opening up the lines of communication with your partner. If you're single, Capricorn, you are going to want someone that you can talk to for hours. And Gemini rules, um, you know, elementary uh kind of age children and things like that. So you may also, Capricorn, want somebody you can kind of be silly and childish and just kind of have fun with on that level. So keep that in mind, too. Somebody, uh, Gemini's real witty, so you'll kind of want to have witty banter with somebody. It'll probably turn you on while Venus is going through your third house. So um, Moving on, Taurus, uh, for Mama's Taurus's babies, While Venus is going through Pisces, you're going to experience everything from an 11th house perspective, okay? That's the hopes, wishes, and dreams. That's the um, groups uh, that you're networking with. That's former lovers, okay, Taurus? You want to feel that you can get along with your partner. It also rules friendship, um, the 11th house. Um, If you're single, Uh, If you're in a relationship, you're going to want to get along with your partner. If you're single, you can definitely um, choose the whole being friend first, (laughs) which is always recommended. But if you don't normally operate like that, 
this will be a good um, influence for us to do that under, to try that under, try being friends first or meeting someone through a friend. Um, you can enjoy the time you spend with your friends, groups you belong to, or causes you believe in, okay, Taurus? You can try to spend more time with your friends and connect with them, and you can make new friends and expand your social circle. You can feel more in tune with groups that you belong to or join new groups. You can focus on ways to make a contribution with the causes you believe in. You may be more comfortable going outside of your comfort zone and trying something new and different and unconventional. Eleven houses ruled by Aries, and it rules Aquarius, so, you know, letting your freak flag fly while Venus is going through your 11th house, Taurus, may actually work in your favor as it relates to love and money, okay? Taurus and love, you may want to change things up. And if you're in a relationship, you can try something new with your partner. If you're single, um, you want to, like I said, try to be friends first, first and build a foundation that way. Leo, Venus going through Pisces is triggering your eighth house, okay? That's a money planet in a money house. <laughs> okay, Leo. So Venus um, Venus does make a serious. Uh, eighth house is, you know, it, it has a tone of ruled by Pluto. So like I said before when I was talking about the sun sextiling Pluto, Pluto is that energy that wants to go deep. Okay, Leo? Hint, hint. Um, Venus does make a serious relationship something that you're interested in this month, okay, Leo? If you feel it coming over you for the ne- over the next 30 days, that's what it is. You know, make sure <laughs> when this transit passes that if you did end up getting yourself into one, that is something that you really want to do. But on this front end, now that I'm, t- um, you know, informing you, you can consider that if a feeling happens to so come over you to want to be in a serious relationship and you haven't necessarily been feeling that way and all of a sudden you do. Um, you've got a Mars uh, Mars playing out in your chart as well in a way that may make you want to play the field a little bit first um, and enjoy yourself and your singleness when you can. Um, but in the that's more in the first half of the month. And more towards the last half of the month, that's when the that eighth house it comes into play more. You're going to be craving strong bonds. You're going to be craving emotional intimacy. You're going to enjoy connecting with others beyond the superficial. Once again, you're going to want to go deep. That's what it, this is, Venus, going through your house of deepness, of deep intimacy, deep sharing um, to create strong emotional bonds, okay? Um in love, you're going to take your relationships more seriously. Um, if you're in a relationship, you're going to want to feel closer to your partner emotionally and have a better understanding of them. Um, and if you're single, you're going to want someone who is going to be willing to be completely committed to you. And you can and go. You can go for a really intense attraction. Just try not to be too clingy, okay, Leo. Scorpio, you are getting this from the perspective of the fifth house, so you should really, the very house of enjoyment and fun, the fifth house, right, of romance and dating and children, not the Gemini way of children, elementary school age, but the um, children by way of creation, you know, the 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 love and the romance, okay? <laughs> so, Scorpio, you're going to be more romantic. It is the very house of romance, the fifth house, okay, Scorpio? So 
should be really good for you. And Scorpio, you're naturally bringing that Pluto deep eighth house intimacy and sharing to the table just by your very essence and energy. So it kind of may ring similar to um, Leo for you. But you're going to be more romantic, and you're going to want love to feel like it did when you were young and carefree, right? It's the house of fun and enjoyment and risk-taking, gambling, games, sports. So sparks can be reignited um, if you're attached. And if you're single, being sociable can help you meet plenty of new potential suitors. Just out and about having fun, Scorpio, is the perfect way for you right now to meet somebody if you're single. Um, uh, You may want to play the field a little. You know, fifth house is not really the get tied down house. It's the dating house, right? So you can enjoy, Scorpio, um, the time you spend on your hobbies, doing the things you love, being with the people you love, in love. If you are in, in love, you can be more romantic. If you're in a relationship, you can make it fun again and bring back some sparks that way. If you're single, you can find it easier to meet new people. Once again, it's going through the dating house with single Scorpios. But you may not take it very seriously wanting to play the field and have some fun. Aquarius, you're experiencing this through by way of your second house, and I hope I got everybody. For some reason, it doesn't look like that's all of them, but I'm going to assume I did. Um, Wrapping it up with Aquarius, you're going to be experiencing Venus going through Pisces once again. um, Who is that? Like Leo, having it go through a money house. Aquarius, you're having it go through a money house too. But as as opposed to um, the eighth house, you're having it go through your second. So this is more your personal finances, your personal security. Um, you, during this time, can remain sensual. And also <clears throat> you want more of a physical connection, Aquarius. Loyalty can also be more important to you during this time. Um, Venus is in your sign um, during the first half of March, and this keeps you, um, this keeps you as like this love God goddess to start the month. I don't know how many of my Aquariuses have been feeling that way, um, being ultra charming, sensual, and having an easy time attracting people to you, um, especially if you're single. If you're attached, Aquarius, you want your partner to be more romantic and give you more of their time. Um, This is a great energy for you to focus on improving your finances and taking advantage of any financial opportunities that are presented to you, okay, Aquarius? Um, Neptune has been in this sector for you for some time, bringing in that inevitable fog and making things difficult, but it lifts for this month while Venus is there. And it gives you the chance to set yourself up right, okay, Aquarius? You can enjoy splurging on yourself, spending on lavish items, but just watch for overspending, okay? Venus in here going through a money house is going to make you feel real good about coming up off that money, um, so watch that you don't take it too far. Um, you can take more time to enjoy the moment and experience life through your senses, being more in tune with your body and nature. That's the Taurus house after all, Aquarius, so if you're feeling sensual, go with it. Um, in love, you can you can be more sensual, and if you're in a relationship, you want a passionate physical connection with your partner. If you're single, Aquarius, you want someone who will pamper you and treat you like a god or goddess. 
And with that, you guys, we are jumping into the week ahead. I'll check the phone line, see if anybody's raised their hand. And we've got just about an hour left to get this second half done, which is jumping into this week ahead. The highlight, once again, of our week ahead is absolutely sun entering Aries, the spring vernal equinox, um, leading up to this final uh, uh, full moon lunar eclipse in this series of eclipses we're having this month. So let's start it out. Um, Clearly, when we start the week, the moon will still be in Taurus. Um, Sunday at 4.46, the week ahead, by the way, guys, is Sunday the 13th, next Sunday, this coming Sunday, through Saturday the 19th, right? And so we start that Sunday off, if you want to consider 12 a.m., the moon would still be in Taurus, but as of 4.46 a.m. on Sunday the 13th, um, the sun sextiles the moon and it throws it into void, of course, status for 11 hours, Okay. So while we're most of us are yet sleeping on Sunday rising, um, the moon will be void. And it won't go into Gemini until that same Sunday the 13th at 4.03 p.m. Central Standard Time. So Sunday afternoon, when you wake up on Sunday, know that that moon is void. Now, it's Sunday, so I don't anticipate anybody's, like, you know, having any interviews necessarily going on any first date. Um, if you want to sleep in Sunday, you know, after a long, hard week of work, um, that is highly favored. Um, any Getting some stuff finished up around the house that, that you started before the moon went void is a really good idea. Um, making your to-do list for the week, it'd be really good to do that um, before 4 p.m. on Sunday, right? Um, If you are going to get together with friends and family on Sunday before 4, just make sure it's with people you already know and have established connection with, not a brand new one. Um, And then getting rid of any excess in your life is favored as well. So then, um, like I said, 4 p.m., moon enters Gemini. It it will have been in Taurus. So it it started out in Aries here um, at the end of this week, Um, went into Taurus. And then here in our week ahead, we're getting into Gemini territory. So we're moving out of this, out of this fixed, sensual, you know, comfortable, secure place to this really in Taurus, and we're moving into a much faster pace. <coughs> um, you know, if if the Moon in Aries tickled your fancy and Tor- Moon in Taurus slowed you down too much for your comfort, don't worry. When the Moon enters Gemini. Here, again, is this kind of restless and fickle energy, right? Potentially, on the low end, it's restless and fickle. On the high end, it it brings about this desire for variety, okay, doing more than one thing at a time, Um, mental and communicative actions like um, clearly talking to somebody, texting somebody, writing uh, and sending a letter, emails, and even the physical moving about in that kind of um, uh, curious um, way that where we desire variety. You're going to likely feel like running your errands and going here and there and getting things done, making short little trips, you know, around um, town. Uh, teaching is favored. Teaching is a really Gemini thing to do. Um, making connections likely 
Sunday uh, afternoon, evening. Um, how long is it there? It's there until Tuesday. So, yeah, Sunday, Monday, and it's there until Tuesday, pretty much afternoon. So, yeah, just a couple of days of just getting some stuff done. In the early part of the week, you're probably going to just want to get everything done and out of the way. That's pretty much what it's looking like because uh, we're going to have a really short attention span, and so, you know, we can focus more for the short period of time. I just got through telling y'all that Gemini, third house, kind of rules the elementary school age children. Consider how long their attention span is. It's not that you can't get them to sit down and do something. It's just that it needs to be these kind of short, quick, concise tasks like an errand and short trips that you got to run. So that that's the energy. I'm just trying to familiarize y'all with the energy. We'll be emotionally satisfied with the moon being here tending to these sorts of things, okay? Um, <clears throat> we'll kind of want to be out and about, see new things, socialize. Um, uh, Gemini, once again, like I said, is really witty, so <laughs> we'll we'll have these little funny quips or, you know, fascinating little things to say or share online or something um, through electronically. That That's not exclusive to... Um, to Gemini like it is to uh, to Aquarius, uh, the electronics, but it is favored under this moon because that's the way a lot of us communicate these days is electronically, and Gemini is the communication. So it's um, a really good time to catch up with friends, send out a lot of emails and text me- messages. The communication is really short and fast. It's kind of this meet and greet kind of energy. We're not really in the mood for anything real heavy or long. Once again, attention span, not that great around this time. So we're more um, enticed by a little fast and uh, exchanging tidbits and, and little quick witty observations. Um, it's a good day to kind of tie up some loose ends when you have like a little bit of this and a little bit of that that kind of needs to get done and tied up. It's a really good day for that. Once again, anything you got to sit down or kind of just focus on for a long period of time, not in the beginning of next week. <laughs> um, humor, the witty humor of Gemini is going to be like a really good way to diffuse really serious situations if at the beginning of next week you come into any type of, you know, confrontation, negative interaction, just throw a joke on them. <laughs> um, you could easily, like, under an influence like this is the energy where you could, like, change your outfit multiple times. You know, it's a variety. Jim and I want variety, okay? Um, it's, and it's all good. It's like, you know, you it's okay to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that under this influence. Play with your children. Talk to your siblings. Third house does rule siblings and kind of the relatives, um, uh, aunts, uncles, cousins. So it's a good time for any activities involving them, um, experimenting with your style, um, flirting. Gemini is really flirty. Flirt your flirt to your heart's content and remember to smile. Okay. Some celebrities who were born with the moon in Gemini were Barack Obama. I mean, think of all the things I've been kind of saying, right, about um, the moon being in Gemini when I list these people and see if you can kind of pick out some. They have uh, exhibited these traits. Tina Turner, 50 Cent, Nelly, Lamar Odom, Herbie Hancock, 
KRS-One, woo-woo, Karuchi Tran, George Foreman, Craig David, and Maya. They were all born with the moon in Gemini. And under this uh, moon in Gemini influence, we've got a few transits to deal with. So it's it's just ripe for the variety of transits that we're going to be going into after the moon goes in Gemini. So I think it'll... Next week's looking like a, if if this solar new moon eclipse, you know, then kicked you in your butt and you just was not ready for stuff to get eclipsed out of your life. <laughs> it looks like next week and, you know, we're going into the spring season next week. It really looks like we're on the cusp of a, a lighter, fresher, uh, uh, you know, a less heavy energy going into our week ahead. So I, for one, am happy to report that bit of news. Um Monday afternoon, 2.26 p.m. Central Standard Time, Mercury does square Saturn, okay? Um, It's going to do this one more time this year on August the 6th. And so getting from point A to point B, we may find Mercury rules that travel, right? And the square is a test or a challenge, and Saturn is them lessons, okay? So getting from point A to point B could be a challenge during this transit, Due to blockages, boundaries, hindrances, okay, Saturn, (laughs) communications may be blocked or delayed, and negative thinking could dominate at this time, okay? Saturn is real serious, and it's mature and responsible, and could be borderline on pessimism or negativity, and it's in a square to mental communicative mercury, right? Um, So this is... Look at this by way of travel as well. Mercury not only rules the communication but the travel, so potential delays or blockages when it comes to travel, right? And so negative thinking could dominate at a time like this. Um, We may find that projects that we thought were complete may need revision and others could appear overly critical, insensitive, or sarcastic. We may be received to find ourselves on the receiving end of these challenging Saturn square Mercury communications, um, the criticalness, the insensitivity, and the sarcasm. Um, it, it may be difficult to trust our instincts um, at this time, and we could find ourselves second-guessing things automatically under this influence. This is not the influence to sign on the dotted line. Mercury rules those documents, okay? Them contracts, don't do it. Not 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 on Monday. <laughs> Not on Monday, for sure. Um, what Mercury square Saturn does favor is hard mental work. Saturn's the hard work, right? That brings the rewards, clearly, if you do the work. Um, but it's related to the mental, and it's related to the travel, okay? Um, so you probably are going to be better working on your own um, around this time, Monday next week. Um, communicating your plans and ideas, you may find it difficult just because of the negative thinking, the pessimistic thinking of potentially yourself and others, and that makes room for potential misunderstandings. I didn't mean it that way. I wasn't trying, you know, I wasn't trying to be negative, and it just came across that way. Why? Because the very planet of coming across and communicating is being challenged by Saturn, okay? 
So um, when you're studying or doing something mental, tidying up your paperwork, you know, all these mercurial things, pay attention to detail. Um, It would be wise to avoid important negotiations once again. Um, And if you are, you know, dealing with contracts and legal matters, paperwork, and you can't really avoid it on Monday, you're in a, you know, particular position at your job, and it's just you got to do it. You got to deal with it. and you can avoid it, definitely seek trusted professional advice if you're involved in contracts, business, or legal matters. Um, Under this influence, it's going to be best not to rely on the words of others (laughs) and be careful with your own, okay, because we could likely be saying the wrong thing and dig big holes for ourselves under this influence. Um, There could be some distance or separation. You know, Saturn is those boundaries. (coughs) And so um, in close relationships, you may see that. Um, This, along with the gloomy thoughts, the bad news, you know, or loneliness can have a negative effect on your mental well-being. So remember, this is a quick-moving transit. It is Mercury we're talking about here. Mercury has been out of retrograde, been going direct. It's going full speed ahead. So it's going to move fast, but it is going to move through this challenging transit. Um, and so it it will pass, but likely for that period of time, you're going to be seeing the worst side of everything, right? Now, some celebrities that know a little something, something about this influence because they were born under it is Billie Holiday, then Diesel, Pharrell Williams, Maya Angelou, Tyrese, George Washington Carver, and Isaac Hayes. So I want you all to see, especially when you're thinking about people like George Washington Carver and Maya Angelou, um, uh, you know, even Pharrell, this does, it does, the low end of Saturn does not have to be <laughs> the manifestation that you choose of this energy. You could choose the serious aspect of it, right, the hardworking aspect of Saturn, and let that impact your thinking, your communications, your travel, instead of the negativity and the pessimism, right? So I want to be clear about that. I, I don't have any doomsday horoscopes for anybody. We we over here that are mastering our destiny, <laughs> you know, using astrology, mama's babies, we're just aiming high. We're not. We don't. We don't need to shirk any transit. Fuck with us. You know what I mean. Let let any transit come. We're gonna go the highest we can go with it and max out because it ain't no avoiding it. We can't just say, well, I don't want to fool with no Mercury square Saturn, so I'm opting out Monday at two twenty six p.m. Central Standard Time. We don't get to do that. But what we can do is be forewarned. Okay, which therefore for arms us, and therefore we can come at this whichever way we get good and ready to take that. (laughs) So um, a few little horoscopes just for a a select um, people. Let me just share it with you you because it's impacting certain of us uh, specifically. Uh, Mercury square Saturn can bring the negative or nasty thoughts. We definitely don't want to rely on the words of others, and we want to be careful about our own words. Um, and just the potential for saying the wrong thing. Pisces, Deacon 2, those born February 29th to March 10th uh, specifically, but all Pisces pay attention because it's still energy in your area of space. But those Deacon 2s, 
Mercury is actually in your deacon, okay, from the 10th to that starting tomorrow through the 17th, okay? And what that's doing, Pisces Deacon 2, is enhancing your ability. That's Mercury with you, enhancing your ability to set goals because of increased mental abilities. Planning is favored for you, Pisces because of your positive outlook and good judgment skills. All communications, Pisces, should be going well for you um, throughout this next seven days, Um, and you can expect to be fairly busy with appointments, phone calls, and meetings. Um, It's a good time to apply for a new job, negotiate a better deal, or to sign a contract. Woo-woo, so Pisces. Now, Pisces, you are also dealing with the Saturn square, right, all year. Saturn is squaring um, Pisces. <coughs> so this year for you, can it, it, it may be representing a force pressured and burdened. That's the Saturn square on you, okay? If you're feeling pressured and burdened, it may feel like everything and everyone is against you during this tough time, which can lead to feelings of isolation and discouragement. Fear not, Pisces. Um I got something for you. If you a Pisces is having a difficult time, I got the formula. I've been utilizing it. I've been helping my clients um, utilize it, and so far, so great. There is an antidote when Saturn <laughs> is giving you the blues, okay? Fuck with me. You know, uh, click on the link to email me, and we can work it out. Sagittarius Deacon 2, Okay. Those born December 2nd to 11th, but all my Sagis listen up. You dealing with Mercury squaring your deacon. It's in Pisces. It's squaring you, Sag. And so there's the test and the challenges. But over the next seven days for you, from March 10th to 17th, increasing mental activity and communication, just as if Mercury was in your deacon. But since it's squaring, it's also adding friction and tension, okay? And so thinking can be nervous or rushed, which may lead to slip-ups in conversations, not saying exactly what you mean, and that in turn potentially leading to other people getting the wrong idea and increasing the risk of argument. And on the flip end, you're dealing with Saturn in your deacon, like Pisces is dealing with Mercury in theirs. You're dealing with it from the flip side. So you've got a year, Saturn in your deacon being the source of any potential heaviness you're feeling, feeling a, a bit heavy, Sagittarius, especially those born between December 2nd and 11th, uh, overly pessimistic, uh, you may already be feeling that. But it also indicates achievement and recognition, okay, Saturn? Keep your head up once again. Pisces dealing with the Saturn square. You're dealing with Saturn in your deacon, I got the remedy for you, okay, and it's in your chart. It's not something I'm giving you. It's something you already have access to. If you contact me, I'll just share with you what it is. Quite simple. Virgo, Deacon 2, those born between September 3rd through 12th, you're dealing with the Saturn square and the Mercury opposition, okay, Virgo? I need y'all it, hang in there, okay? These are all, all transits are passing transits, okay? Thank God. Um, Saturn squaring your deacon this year, Virgo, can represent uh, that same fourth turning point where you're feeling pressured and burdened. Seems like everybody's against you, okay? Making you feel isolated and discouraged. Um, 
strong self-belief from Jupiter will make you work harder and find success. You do have Jupiter in your sign, Virgo, right? And so you still, and it's still retrograde. So we all are having these opportunities to uh, reconsider ways that we may have missed when Jupiter was initially transiting direct through these degrees that it's transiting retrograde through now. We're all having um, a divine opportunity. Some of these, you know, lucky blessings that we may have missed the first time around, okay? So let that uh, let that um, keep you. Jupiter represents belief, right? Okay, and faith. So keep the faith, Virgo, okay? You got Jupiter in your sign for that very reason. Even though you're dealing with the Saturn square and the Mercury opposition, you got access to that 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 spirituality and that faith and that encouragement and that uh, advancement and the growth. Okay, don't forget that. Remember that. Uh, with Mercury opposing your deacon here over the next seven days, it can cause a lack of mental clarity, poor judgment, um, difficulty in how you express yourself. Um, makes it really easy to put other people off here in the next week. They may feel you're being too selfish and annoying. Y'all sure don't need that. But you think they are the ones that are hard to get along with. So check yourself, Virgo, okay? Misunderstandings and arguments may result if you don't compromise. It's not all about you, Virgo. Okay, Gemini, those born Deacon 2 between June 1st and 10th, you're dealing with the Saturn opposition, so you're dealing with a year of... um, the heaviness and the pessimism, but since it's in your seventh house, Gemini, you could be experiencing this from the standpoint of other people, that's seventh house, or from the position of your shadow self, okay? Consider that, Gemini, if you're feeling heavy and pessimistic and all negative, okay, Um, especially as it relates to your relationships and your partnerships, this is why I got the remedy for you, hit me up. Um, you're also dealing with the Mercury square, so that's bringing the potential for negative thoughts, for harsh words, Gemini. Harsh words, Gemini. Gemini is already ruling the the, the mercurial things of, of communication and the speech, so I want you all to pay attention. You're dealing with the Mercury square. It's important, Gemini, that you remember that you're potentially seeing the worst in everything and everyone. Poor instincts and lack of judgment means you'll be misreading people in situations potentially. So delay any important meetings, negotiations, and decisions until March 26th, okay? You should be pretty much in the clear then. Aries, especially those born in Deacon 2, March 31st through April 9th, you're dealing with the Saturn trine. Good Lord, if you're going to be dealing with a Saturn transit, let it be the trine. Lucky Aries and Leo. I'll get to y'all in a second. Um, But for my Aries, (coughs) um, this year is bringing greater stability and security. You're dealing with, and this is what we all have access to. I don't give a daggum if you're dealing with the Saturn square position or if Saturn is in your sign. Just like take a lesson from the Aries around you and the Leos in your environment who are dealing with the Saturn trine because we all can deal with it from that higher um, aspect, okay? 
Um, and that's the aspect of bringing the greater stability and the security. If the hard le- Saturn is the hard lessons, right? Saturn is the seriousness and the responsibility, the hard work. But if you actually fool with Saturn and get serious, get mature, get responsible, and do the hard work, you get the reward, the stability, the security. If Saturn is fucking with you, fuck with it. Like, like, do what it's demanding of you and asking of you. <clears throat> um, uh, even though it's not all fun and games, even if it is a Saturn trying Aries, although um, you're not particularly, it, it may not be a particularly um, exciting or thrilling phase of life, I, I don't think a Saturn transit can bring that energy at all. Um, it is going to be very important still uh, because you're working hard on building safe, secure, lasting foundations for years to come. Okay, Aries and Leo, um, Saturn goes through a sign about, it takes about two and a half years to go through a sign. So, But Saturn is in Sag right now, okay? So all the Sages are really being transformed uh, in, in the ways that, you know, getting down to business and hunkering down and, and doing your work, being responsible can bring. Um, but everybody, no matter what aspect you're dealing with it from, it's really building something. For those uh, Aries and Leo dealing with the Saturn trine, it's just an easier flow. You're not dealing with it from the, the standpoint of Saturn on top of your sun sign or your ascendant. You're dealing with it from this easy flow of energy that you can kind of take the highs from it without a lot of the lows that uh, um, the people who are dealing with the Saturn square, the opposition are kind of having to overcome, okay? It just takes a little more effort to overcome it. It's all good. Leo Deacon 2, those born August 3rd to 12th, Saturn trine once again. So you have access to a year representing a time of steady progress. Where extra patience, determination, and a strong sense of duty allow for great achievement. You can get a lot done when you get serious, responsible, and and behave maturely. If you know what area of space um, Saturn is uh, triggering or moving through for you, even more so because you can narrow down uh, the the areas that you're focusing on being mature and responsible in. All my sat, uh, uh, all my Geminis, once again, y'all are dealing with it from the position of Saturn being in your seventh house of partnerships and relationships. So you need to specifically be getting serious about that, right? If you're dealing with it from the standpoint of Saturn transiting your four, your natal fourth house, you need to get real serious about home, about family, about real estate, about property, about your inner security. If you're dealing with it from the standpoint of Saturn going through your eighth house, guess what? You Over the course of next two years until 2017, which is when it moves into the next sign, um, uh, Capricorn, uh, then you need to be getting serious about the other people's resources, your taxes, your, the legacy you're leaving, um, uh, 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 bonds, um, uh, inheritances, insurance. Come on. That helps you narrow it down, doesn't it? Okay. 
For my Libras and Aquariuses, y'all are both dealing with the Saturn sextile, Libra Deacon 2, those born October 3rd to 12th, and Aquarius Deacon 2, those born January 30th to February the 8th. Um, Saturn sextile in your Deacon just means that your year is colored by steady progress toward your longer-term goals. Uh, you will find yourself taking a more responsible attitude to all your affairs from work to partners and your family, just depending on what area, once again, it's um, sextiling for you and going through. This is a great opportunity to express your leadership qualities, and you may be called on to fulfill important duties. I mean, goddamn, come on, Aries, Leo, Libra, and Aquarius. If you got the nerve to be dealing with a Saturn transit from the position of a trine or a sextile, yes, max out. You're going to be sent, you're going to be, flowing in your efforts to be more responsible and serious and mature. And people might fuck around and call on you, <laughs> you know, to fulfill important duties that it requires seriousness, maturity, and responsibility to take on. That may be why, okay? They 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 feel in your energy. They feel in your Saturn energy. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let me check in. Got more people on the line. Nobody has their hands up yet. Cool. I appreciate y'all so much for the ones that have reached out. And just to say I'm listening, like consistently listening, it's so amazing to me just to have a um, consistent listenership. I mean, I know that what I'm talking about is significant and and future forward and impactful and and powerful and beneficial and helpful. I mean, it. I ain't been the same since I ran up on astrology and figured out I wasn't going to go to hell for studying it. <laughs> It's changed my life. I I um I rely heavily on this information uh because life is not always easy and at times when it can be difficult, uh it's wonderful to know and feel secure in the preciseness of astrology. It doesn't fail. It it's never off. It's never incorrect. Um, and you can calculate the shit. You can time it. You can plan for it. You can plan around it. <laughs> and, I mean, I appreciate my my mama's baby so much, the um, people that have actually signed on as clients or, or gotten reports or anything from me because y'all valid. It's, it's like it's validating, especially in, in some territory like astrology. Astrology falls under the 11th house. It falls under Uranus, right? A lot of times... Uh, people, astrologers, they would fall in that category. Um, they can be seen as rebels. That falls in the 11th house and under Uranus and Aquarius' rule too. And I, I'm here to let, you know, relatives and other people who just, I don't know what they think I'm doing, <laughs> but, you know, I'm sure, I know that some of them look at me like I'm rebelling. Oh, she just don't want to, you know, do the thing. Everybody everybody else got a job. Everybody else did that in the third. And they may look at me as rebelling for, for rebelling sake, but it definitely is more of the, uh, just the future forwardness of the Aquarius 11th house and Uranus energies. Everybody ain't redhead, baby. And I spoke with a professional in the communications industry who heard my radio show and was interested to talk to me. And he's the one that let me know that, baby, he said, what you talking about on the radio every week? It's been a baby. 
he called it rupture, that R-U-P-T-U-R-E, rupture. He referred to it as a a topic, a field, a subject that is slated. He's looking at it from a mathematical standpoint of, of analytics and watching the trends over time. He said, that what you're doing right there, it's been a rupture. And in my term, in my Madonna terms, you know, it's been a blow up. Astrology is been a blow up. Have you noticed more commercials over? Um, it's less of the, you know, you know, Miss Cleo kind of mysticism and weirdness that you see commercials on now. And now they're coming at it from this. Uh, I don't know if they use astrology or not. I didn't see that on the commercial. They just said psychic. Some all psychics are not astrologers. Um, I would hope all astrologers have, you know, we all have psychic ability, but I, I would hope all astrologers, you know, tap into that more frequently. But definitely all psychics would not be astrologers. Um, but you notice even in the commercials these days that they're coming at it from more from a standpoint of less spooky hookiness um, and, and spirituality uh, from their standpoint and more, you know, because in the old Cleo commercial, she had her head wrapped and she had the crystal ball and stuff. And it's more from a standpoint now of, <coughs> you know, we can help you with your life for real. And it's not just a, a spooky reading. So I, for coming at it personally from a, a position of a practicing astrologer, uh, <clears throat> uh, I don't know about the psychic commercials, but you know, as far as promoting what I do, the self-promotion that I do, the beautiful promotion that um, my mama's babies do for me, uh, be it on their social media pages or just getting on here and shouting me out on the radio, I appreciate it. Y'all are why, you know, in the midst of just uh, people make attempting to make it hard for me to do what I know I came here to do, um, it, it's beautiful support like I'm getting from you guys that makes it worth it. That's the payday right there. Just y'all, the the consistent, you know, two hundred or so listeners every week. I appreciate you so much. I just had to take another opportunity to say that. Um, getting jumping back into the week ahead, Monday, March fourteenth, next week in the afternoon, three forty eight p.m. Central Standard Time. Venus squares Mars. Venus and Mars, the two lovers, are squaring off. <laughs> Right, Venus and Mars, the the female um, energy, and then the male energy, and they're squaring off. It sounds kind of passionate, right? It is. It is. It, it's it's going to be a really passionate influence. We'll see this influence again August the sixth. We'll see this influence again um, October the sixteenth as well this year. Passions are running really high next Monday. Okay. Um, depending on where uh, Venus is transiting and Mars is transiting in your chart is going to tell us where and where you can expect to see this energy play out. Um, sexual tensions, competitiveness, all possible under this influence. Conflicts that arise from differences between romantic versus sexual needs. Mars is bringing the sex. Venus is more bringing the romance. And so the square is creating kind of the tests and the, the potential tests and challenges. Um, uh, uh, Mars is really impulsive Venus once again rules the love and the money So just watch out for making impulsive purchases Right um, There is an air of competitiveness Once again under this influence Which doesn't have to be difficult It can really be stimulating Creative and invigorating So it's kind of that energy where You know It's uh, the, the makeup sex I guess So but the point is You don't have to have a fight 
in order to, to harness the energy of the quote unquote makeup sex. You can you can you can harness this energy from the outset uh, for its potential to be stimulating, creative, and invigorating. Um, if you are already in a relationship where you're having some underlying sexual um, or competitive tension, uh, this definitely is a transit that can come by and cause even more difficulties, okay? If you're in a healthy relationship where both parties have really uh, pretty much equally strong egos, then a transit like this is just going to be that, like I said, the more exhilarating sexual activity, right? Okay? Um if you are single, then um, increased sexual desire is going to be matched by a more attractive aura. So um, affairs are now more likely, but not necessarily of a lasting nature. So just be on the lookout for that. Once again, Mars is really impulsive. It wants to move quick. It it, it wants to be, uh, It's re- once again, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's wrecked to go. And so um, it may not be... If you're beginning a relationship under this influence, it may it doesn't have that lasting impact with this alignment. But it is really passionate. It's really stimulating, invigorating, and exhilarating. So enjoy. <coughs> some people who know about this energy naturally or natally are some celebrities such as Tyra Banks, Aleister Crowley, Nicole Richie, Serena Williams. Lisa Lopez, Eartha Kitt, Forrest Whitaker, Richard Simmons, Todd Bridges, Nell Carter from Give Me a Break, whoop, whoop. <laughs> and um, the inventor, Eli Whitney, okay? So you can kind of see potentially how an energy like this can stimulate you, can be creative, invigorating, and exhilarating um, when you think of uh, people like Eli Whitney, you know, the creativity, and um, uh, even Lisa Lopez and Serena Williams. It's that energy, the competitiveness, right? So um, <clears throat> I don't have this extensive horoscopes on this for my Pisces, all my mutable signs. Y'all been getting hit up lately, right? Pisces, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Gemini, all the deacon ones of those signs. Pisces, deacon one, born February 19th to 28th. Sag Deacon 1, born November 22nd to December 1st. Um, Virgo Deacon 1, born August 23rd to September 2nd. And Gemini Deacon 1, born May 21st to May 31st. Um, Y'all just, all the things that I already said about it, I want y'all to be even more cognizant of the potential. If you know right now you're in a raggedy relationship where y'all be going at it back and forth, Okay, Mars come early, so I don't want y'all to look for this on Monday. I want y'all to be looking for this Sunday. I want y'all to be ready. <laughs> I want y'all to be ready to take this energy and do something productive with it. It's really a beautiful energy. It don't have to be no extra stupid stuff going on. You can really get at this from a high end and just get physical. If you if you, if you too in in too much of a raggedy relationship. <laughs> To, to actually, you know, have some great sex with it, you know, something lightly competitive, not really physically competitive. I would admonish y'all to do something physical together, but it, if it is going to be competitive, you know, play like 
card game or something that way. Just, you know, slam it down on play some bones. Drop some bones down and slam it. <laughs> I'm just, you know, throwing stuff out there, okay? So all my mutable signs be especially aware, okay? Um, then Tuesday, 4.42 a.m. Central Standard Time, uh, just like this sun, opposition Jupiter we just dealt with um, right before the solar eclipse new moon, we're dealing now Mercury's pulling up the rear and behind the sun. And so Mercury's now taking its turn to oppose Jupiter, okay, next Tuesday. It's a Mars day, and we're talking about an opposition. Tuesdays are ruled by Mars, right? And I just got through talking to you all about Mars energy. So I want you all to be cognizant because it's also an opposition. Um, The next time Mercury is going to oppose Jupiter is going to be March 24th of next year, okay? So pay attention. Um, the, 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 The caution here is the potential to exaggerate. We are talking about Mercury here, communications, Um, of all kinds, opposing Jupiter and Virgo, which is uh, retrograde right now. So exaggeration, overstating, over-communicating, right? Jupiter expanding Mercury, the communications, overestimating. We want to find meaning and purpose in our lives. Um, However, it can be really easy to miss or neglect important details. Jupiter is expansive. Jupiter is not about the details, even though it is in the sign of details right now, Virgo. And that really is uh, one of the lessons of Jupiter retrograding in that sign is to, you know, like I said, the blessings we may have missed when Jupiter was going direct the first time (coughs) that it was going through these particular degrees in Virgo. We're having a, a divine opportunity to not miss the details this time around, okay? Um, But we just want to watch with this particular alignment of Jupiter opposing Mercury um, that our plans and our ideas uh, could be too grandiose, too big, too much expansion. And and because of that, we may lack uh, clear mental focus, okay? Um, If we can manage to focus under this energy, if we can manage to scrutinize the details, even though Jupiter is wanting us to go higher and expand and, you know, um, look at the big picture, we can really make some measurable progress, okay? Um, We may have many ideas with this energy and want to cover a lot of ground, but it really will benefit us to narrow our view and take on fewer projects, okay? Okay. you may tend to believe that you can handle more than you can, okay? And we just got sun opposition Jupiter. I just got the reviewing that for y'all. That was that energy where it's like, oh, okay, you 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 good, huh? You want to boast. You want to, <laughs> you know, and sun opposition Jupiter came along to kind of teach us a lesson about that. So Mercury doing that same opposition to Jupiter Hopefully, Sun of Jupiter taught us well and will continue to teach us over the next six months since it was so closely conjunct um, the new moon, solar eclipse. Uh, but let let Mercury's opposition to Jupiter just kind of reinforce that for us, okay? Um, some celebrities that were born under this influence was Barack Obama. Um, he's got it, it's the opposition. In the, anytime you have opposition, 
the one planet's in one house and the second planet is in the directly opposite house, right? And so Barack Obama was dealing is dealing with it, living with it. He has this natally um, of one, and I didn't write down which planet was which, but Mercury or Jupiter is in his sixth and twelfth houses. Okay, so that's this potential to believe you can handle more than you can potentially in the area of your serve, your work and your service. For Barack Obama, it's dealing with his work and, and his service. For Bill Cosby, who also has this. It's dealing with his fourth and tenth houses. So he may believe potentially that he can handle more than he actually can uh, natally by way of uh, home and family versus career and public responsibility, his public and private life, okay? Lisa Marie Presley, she's dealing with it or living with it from the aspect, you know, she married Michael Jackson, right? (laughs) And she may have thought she could handle more than she could actually could as it was dealing with her second and eighth houses, her money houses. So, you know, that makes you kind of (laughs) wonder what all her motivations were because that second house is your personal money and that eighth house is other people's money, right? Amory Singer is dealing with it from the fifth and the eleventh houses, so her creativity and, you know, what she loves um, and her hopes, wishes, and dreams, okay, and dealing with, large groups of people. Um, Harold Lee Washington, may not know that name, but he was the first African mayor of Chicago from 1983 to 1987, and he's dealing with it from the third and the ninth house axis. So that's that lower mind versus the higher mind, the Gemini mind versus the Sagittarius mind, the, you know, elementary um, education versus the higher education. And so I thought that was interesting. (coughs) Okay, so with this Mercury-Jupiter opposition, um, I have, okay, hold on, I just did something. Hold on, I I just scrolled somewhere I didn't need to scroll. Okay, Uh, it's just a few um, horoscopes for the Mercury-Jupiter opposition. Um, Of course, uh, Mercury is in Pisces, Jupiter is in Virgo, so for my Pisces Deacon 2, those born February 29th to March 10th, but all my Pisces, listen up. You got Jupiter. You got the Jupiter opposition, um, which is Jupiter. So you really still have the potential um, with Jupiter opposing you that to to have a really great month in March. Okay, um, Pisces. Uh, Jupiter brings the happiness, the prosperity, the good fortune. Um, but since it is an opposition, and uh, you may be dealing with induced greed and selfishness, okay? Um, You're also dealing with the Saturn square, which is, you know, we've already kind of talked about it with the turning point, feeling pressured, burdened, and you're dealing with Mercury in your deacon, and we already talked about that. So you have Pisces, you do have this enhanced ability to set goals because of increased mental ability. Planning is favored for you. And you have a positive outlook, good judgment, skills, all communication should go well, and you should expect to be fairly busy, okay? I know a, Pis- I know a couple of Pisces right now, and they are always on the go right now. So Mercury being in your deacon is real. Mercury being in your sign is a real deal. <laughs> um, but it, it can be uh, the Mercury-Jupiter opposition. It can be a tug of war. It can be a perfect balance if you see that you're dealing, you know, a lot with the greed and the selfishness. 
go heavy, go heavier on the Mercury side. Start planning something. If you're going to be all about you, you know, let that work in your favor, and it doesn't have to be a deal. It doesn't have to be a tug of war. For my Virgos, clearly Jupiter's in your deacon, bringing you the happiness, the prosperity, the good fortune, bringing you a really wonderful, beautiful month, um, especially Jupiter being retrograde. It's just like languishing all in, in Virgo for even longer. Um, but Mercury is, is opposing, and so uh, it may be difficult, Virgo, to express yourself, um, and put, it's easy to put others off, okay? Um, just be mindful of that. Be mindful of that. Share your good. You got Jupiter in your deacon. Share your good. Um, don't let Mercury opposition uh, make, especially here over the course of the next seven days, that's where you're really dealing with Mercury opposing your deacon from the 10th to the 17th. Um, consider that you may be being too selfish and annoying and just, you know, consider that when you are dealing with other people. Anytime you're dealing with opposition, it's always about the other person. Defer to them. Be willing to compromise, especially if it doesn't really matter. Let it go. Let them have it. Let them win it. They win the argument. Just let them go. (laughs) You win. Um, Gemini, I'm not going to go through the Mercury aspects because I've already done that with some of the Mercury transits were happening earlier in the week before this. Um, But I will mention again, Gemini, you're dealing with the Mercury square. You're also dealing with the Jupiter square, okay? Um, So it's that urge to expand your horizons, Gemini, and, and you've got access to some hope and optimism as well. Sagittarius, Jupiter is squaring you guys. Same kind of deal, and Mercury squared. So Gemini and Sag, y'all pretty much dealing with the same energies. Capricorn, oh, Capricorn has the Jupiter trine, beautiful. Um, so you should you're in you're on slate to have a really awesome month, Capricorn, um, bringing happiness, prosperity, and good fortune. Mercury is sextiling your deacon, and so you really are, are having an increase, especially those born between January 1st and 10th, but all of my Capricorns. Um, increase, this Mercury sextile is increasing your creative thought, your mental activity, it's energizing your communication. It's likely to be a busy period here over the next week from the 10th to the 17th for you guys, and um, it's likely to also... Uh, uh, be beneficial interactions that you're going to be having, beneficial communications, beneficial travel, come on, beneficial um, thinking and planning because um, you're going to be able to project yourself strongly and clearly without upsetting anyone. Now, we're talking about a Mercury opposition Ju- Jupiter transit here, but y'all coming at it from a really good angle. It's a really good time if you're looking for work, so apply for a new job because you're communication skills are on point, you're going to do well in your interviews and all of that, okay? Um, For my Tauruses, Deacon 2, born May 1st to 10th, but all of my Tauruses, listen up. Y'all are dealing with the Jupiter trine. Awesome. That great month on on deck for y'all, too. And the Mercury sextile. So my Capricorns and Tauruses, ooh, two Earth signs. Y'all already good, you know, materially speaking. But y'all can really max out here over the next week. You listening, Capricorn and Tauruses, y'all can really max out here over the next week when it comes to the luck, the abundance, the expansion, the growth, the advancement, 
And, of course, as always when dealing with earth signs, the money, okay? But watch how the communications play a part in it, too. Y'all are both dealing with the Mercury sextiles, so your communications are bliss right now, okay? Every interaction is more than likely going to be a significant interaction and potentially a beneficial interaction. And you don't have to worry about upsetting the apple cart in the process, okay? For my Scorpios and Cancers, y'all are both, my water signs, y'all are both dealing with the Jupiter sextile and the Mercury trine, so just the opposite of um, Capricorn and Taurus. Uh, the Jupiter sextile for you both, Scorpios, especially my Deacon 2s, born November 2nd to 11th, and my Cancers, Deacon 2s, born July 2nd to 12th. Uh, really great months on deck with Jupiter sextiling and with Mars trining. I want y'all to work that mouth. You hear me? It's an ideal time to negotiate a better deal in any area of life, be it business or at work or be it in your personal relationship. Scorpio and Cancer, y'all don't have no excuse. Y'all's communication, y'all's thinking, rational, logic ability should be on point. Um, You're going to be making a good impression on others now. So it's the perfect time to ask for a favor, apply for a new job or promotion, schedule any upcoming meetings and appointments now while you can enjoy clear thinking and sound judgment. Everybody's not coming at it from that angle. Scorpio and Cancers do not sleep on the uh, this next week. Teeth make it happen. Mercury also rules that commerce, get that money, make those deals. Okay? <clears throat> and then we move on. Um, Tuesday on the 15th at 12.03 p.m. Central Standard Time, we got the first quarter moon, Okay? We all just had this new moon, solar eclipse in Pisces, and this first quarter moon is in Gemini. So it's that next mutable sign you get to after Pisces um, being in Gemini, and uh, it's going to, we're going to be confronted, okay? Everything we wanted to initiate here around the 8th of the time of the new moon, around the 15th, a week later, we're going to be confronted. We're going to hit that first square, that 90-degree angle. We're going to have a divine opportunity to turn a corner. Everything you initiate and start at a new moon is not going to stick, okay? Uh, if it, we're, we're on our way from March the 8th, the solar new moon eclipse. On the short term, we're on our way to the full moon here in Libra in a couple of weeks, okay? That's the full moon lunar eclipse. On the long term, we're on our way to the full moon in Pisces six months from now. So on the short term, on the way to that full moon, we get this first quarter moon that we're coming up um, uh, 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 Tuesday. I can't believe the time flew by that quick, y'all. It says I have 90 seconds left. Well, just know that the first quarter, we're all going to experience our first confrontation to these new initiatory energies of this past, of this, of the, as of yesterday and really a month before now since we're talking about an eclipse. Um, and so be ready. Be ready to be challenged. Be ready to potentially be tested and confronted, okay? And we can handle it. This is a time to, um, to, to make any necessary changes to what we thought we wanted 
to initiate. You know what I mean? So it's not a bad thing. It's about action. It's about building. Um, uh, there's a void moon next week. I want y'all to be aware of Tuesday afternoon. Ah, that first quarter moon throws it into void status for seven, eight hours, y'all. So then um, it enters cancer that Tuesday evening. And I I don't have time to go into much more, so I have to pick it up next week. But please, everything you need to know is in the episode information uh, for this show, how to contact me, how to order uh, 2016 March Eclipse reports, and how to stay connected to my astrology coach. I love it that I got to come back and do it again with y'all. See y'all next. Fuck with me. (laughs) I say peace.